Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So, I, you know, I've been complaining that I get these calls from random numbers and they're just random numbers. And then you pick up the phone and it sounds like a live person telling you that they're from the Social Security Department is how they put You've it. You've a lot lately. But I get a lot of them. And at first, I didn't really pay that much attention to what they were saying because I'm because you hear them, they say, well, we're calling because you applied, recently applied. And I know I didn't recently apply for anything. So I'm like, oh, so I literally have said to them before, I have not reply, applied for anything. And then they just keep going. And I thought, well, it's either a bot or an idiot. I don't know what it is. Well, I finally figured out, I finally figured out that it's a pre-recorded message because what it literally says is, hi, I'm, you know, John Smith from the Social Security Department. Um, please press one to be removed from our call list. And then they go, blah, 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 blah. And they start talking. Um, but what's hilarious about it is that the one, this recent time today, I let it go to a human being and the human being was like, so I see you applied for, um, I see you applied for social security benefits. We're here to help you with that. And I said, great. So maybe you could read me the last four of my social security number. I know you'll have that. And they were like, uh, uh, and I said, yeah, you don't have it because I didn't actually apply for social security benefits. I'm too young for that. And so I wouldn't have qualified. And he starts, he starts laughing and it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're dumb. And I said, I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm dumb because you called me to try to scam me and I knew it was a scam. Okay. I, I'm really dumb. Um, it. But it makes me wonder, you know, it makes me wonder, like you see all the videos about, call centers in India and um, Pakistan and, you know, the problems that um, they have with scam, you know, people, they're being, they're scammers, you know, and they're scamming people. Um, so today's guest can talk to this. Our guest today is Richard Blank. Um, Been a hot his journey in the cost. Yeah. His journey in the call center space is filled with twists and turns. When he was 27, he re- relocated to Costa Rica. You still live there now, right, Richard? That is correct. 22 years, Mike. All right. He went there to train employees for one of the larger call centers in San Jose. There's a San Jose, Costa Rica. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, that's our with a, with a mix of perfect with a mix of motivational public speaking style backed by tactful and appropriate rhetoric. Richard shared his knowledge and trained over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. That's a lot of people. Richard Blank has the largest collection of restored American pinball machines and antique Rockola jukeboxes in Central America, making gamification a strong part of the CCC culture. 
Richard Blank has been the chief executive officer for Costa Rica's call center, CCC, since 2008. Mr. Blank holds a bachelor's degree in communication and Spanish from the University of Arizona and a certificate of language proficiency from the University of Sevilla, Spain. He's a keynote speaker for Philadelphia's Abington High School, 68th National Honor Society induction ceremony. Giving back to Abington Senior High School is extremely important to Mr. Blank. As such, he endows a scholarship each year for students that plan on majoring in a world language at the university level. So welcome to the show, Richard. Mike Toya, thank you so much for having me on the nightly rant. I cannot wait to uh, you know, shed some skin, let off some steam, and share with you on an amazing rant about call centers and telemarketers. Awesome. Well, well, what got you into call centers? Like how, how that's a strange thing, especially back in the, you know, early 2000s to just jump into. A very good friend of mine owned a call center in Costa Rica and asked me to come down for a couple months to teach English. And, you know, when you have that one in a million opportunity, you take it. And also, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. So I decided to take my chance. But I understand that, I man. I understand that. <laughs> Everybody does, Toria. But, um, you know, I really had this chance and working at my friend's center, not at the sea level, but as an agent, I really got to see the ups and the downs and the art of speech. And these agents were bilingual, so it really inspired me. And the next thing you know, a couple of years later, I decided to throw my hat in the ring. And here we are today, 14 years in business, 150 agents, and I'm really living a dream. That's why I know you can't see me, your audience, but I have a smile from ear to ear. I've never been happier. That's fantastic, I though. I can confirm I, that. I uh, I moved from Canada to Las Vegas, so I get the the parental guilt thing and the moving away and the all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a big deal when you move to a different country. <laughs> yeah, but everyone follows their dream. And there's a forced march, and you were brave enough to take it. Your intentions are honorable. It's not like you're getting in trouble. And um, but it's just wonderful when people are true to themselves. Well, and you're still there so many years later. So. Obviously, we're we're here, going to hear a success story for the most part. Um, but you you heard you heard my opening, and you heard about you know the social security scam. Um, yes. We get a lot of these calls of various types. They're from Amazon. They're from Microsoft. Um, they're from some some uh, antivirus company. Car warranty. Um, how do? Yeah. How do the illegitimate call centers affect the legitimate call centers? It's an excellent question, Mike. And unfortunately, in almost every industry, there's always bad actors that give you black eyes and make it look bad. For myself, I refuse to work with sports books, casinos, stocks, pharmacies, or sweepstakes. It's a very strict Catholic country. You had mentioned 22 years being here that there's a happy ending to this. Well, it's because I follow the rules. And I'm a guest in this country, and I just want to make sure that I'm doing things to fulfill the agent's needs. But a lot of the times it has to do with government's lax rules. That's why you were mentioning a lot of these centers might be offshore, where they're in Middle East and Asia, like India and the Philippines and Pakistan. And so maybe the law doesn't come crashing down as hard as they do in other countries. Or I always see it like this. You could always earn a dollar. And it really has to go with the ethics of the individual making the call because a call center could go out of business if nobody decides to show up and make the calls. 
So really, a lot of it has to do with the individual that is doing this. But they're very skilled. These are professional speakers. They have their rebuttals. Uh, Putting ethics aside, once again, they've mastered their craft. You, my friend, were astute enough to ask them certain questions just to put them on the spot. But it should never really have to go there. I, I believe that when you call into a company and you speak with a customer service representative, that's a completely different experience. And you've been with your bank or a hotel or somebody that knows you, they may be making that courtesy call as well. And that's fine. But to try to deceive you and to angle into the car, just to use these annoying pre-recorded messages, as I say before, it, it just makes it something that's just very uncomfortable and just puts a bad taste in your mouth. I'm glad you didn't do that, Mike, and give away your social security <laughs> number to them. Well, you know, it's it's funny because because I, I'm a business coach and I work with virtual assistants and social media managers. And one of the things I hear a lot from them as, as a complaint is they do their prospecting on LinkedIn and Instagram. They're trying to find clients. And instead of finding clients, they find scammers. And <laughs> so I put out a video recently about how to avoid being a victim of a scam when you're online. And one of the things is to ask questions like that. Like, for instance, if you've ever been approached by a romance scammer on social media, they're pretty obvious. I I kind of wonder how anyone falls for it. But I suppose when you're, you know, in a certain mental state and maybe you're a little lonely um, and you're happy to be, maybe you've gone through a, a recent divorce or some major life change, you could be more vulnerable. But the main, th- what I always tell people to do is ask them to send, you know, what they do is they'll steal someone's account or they'll steal photos from a celebrity and then they'll put it up and then start approaching men and t- telling them how much they like them. And eventually they say they want to come visit you. So could you pay for a ticket? You give them the money. They never talk to you again. So what I tell people to do is right away in the very beginning, ask them to verify their identity. Say, you know, I'm sorry, there's a lot of scammers online. So, and it's really easy to verify your, and they'll claim that they can't verify their identity. And you say, well, it's really easy. We can do one of two things. We can either video chat right now with your camera on, or you can send me a selfie where, you know, your right pinky is touching, you know, this is my right pinky, touching the tip of your nose. And the reason for that, of course, is that Nobody is going to have stolen a selfie where someone's pinky is on the tip of their nose. It just doesn't happen. But the point is, they'll generally, um, you'll immediately, no matter whether you whether you were sure in the beginning or not, you'll immediately know it whether it's a scammer or not. Because if they're not a scammer, they're going to give you the picture. And if they are a scammer, they're going to make every excuse in the book. Their camera doesn't work. They're at work and they can't do it right now. They're, they're not allowed to be doing to chat while they're at work. Yet they're chatting with you while they're at work. There's all sorts of things that they come up with. And... Um, the long and short of it is having little weird, quirky ways to find out answers. Like Toria gets calls from credit card companies and she'll, and they'll ask, they'll call her and they'll say, I'm calling about your MasterCard Visa American Express Discover card. (laughs) And she's like, well, which one? Your, your American Express MasterCard Visa Discover card. Well, no, there's no such card. Or she'll say to them, well, what's, what's the number? What's the number on the card? And they'll give her the first four numbers because you can look that up on Google, but they won't give her the last four numbers. And if they really were from her credit card company, they would, they would do that. But a simpler way, but a simpler way, right, would be, like you said, call the call center that, you know, belongs to your Chase Bank credit card or your Bank of America credit card or Citibank credit card. Call them. They will say to you, what are you talking about? Nobody called you from here. And then you'll know that you almost got scammed, but you didn't fall for it. 
Mike, even more serious is when you get a phishing email and you click on a link that can then infect your computer. That that concerns me even more. So, yes, if I get something that's yep. questionable, I will ask my IT director or let's say call my bank. But um, I guess just it's a shame because when we grow up, you believe that people have good intentions and the world is just like the 1950s. But it's not like that anymore. It's disappointing. And I guess we just need to protect it. Yes, ma'am. It most certainly is. Um, <laughs> But Mike's right, too. I mean, you, you have to be smart these days. It doesn't mean you need to be fearful, but just, you know, look around and just pay attention. And, you know, I have enough friends. I don't need any new friends. So if my phone's off the hook, something's suspicious. <laughs> Let's just see what's happening. Yeah. It, I can't tell you how many times I've told a scammer that online that I have enough friends. I don't need need more friends. And they just they can't get it. But, you know, you mentioned you mentioned telemarketers. So. Obviously, as someone who's got a lot of experience with call centers, I'm sure you've you've got a lot of experience with telemarketers. So why is it that so many people cannot stand telemarketers, in your opinion? I, I think multiple reasons. I think first and foremost that they're not capable of doing it, and that's what upsets them. That's number one. Like people might hate someone that goes to the gym. I mean, I don't, what do you or plays the violin or can cook? But um, I believe it, it's it's time and place. Because there have been certain phone calls where people are able to be very successful in prospecting a business. You're the nightly rant with your um, sponsors and your networking and your business contacts. Of course, you two make and receive calls that are related to business. And so my suggestion, because most people are doing things today that are omni-channel, non-voiced, like texting and and emails that if you do happen to call into a company to make sure to do a positive escalation, just to mention how amazing the gatekeeper was when being transferred or just to do some sort of prior due diligence of a company. So they're not trying to do the mic filter questions, but let's just say I call the nightly round. I'd know how long you've been in business, the sort of episodes you guys been doing, what's been going on, you know, how Tor decided to start this. And, you know, I read the whole bio on, on, on the, on the, uh, podcast. And so, and if you're going to leave a voicemail or even send an email, then it's just a little more custom made. So if it's a second right. or third touch approach, Mike, at least I pass the filter to get the call back to show the credentials. And then we might even have a conversation. And so, um, and that's okay. As long as people understand barriers and uh, parameters with people and understand your sort of protocol on how to communicate with you. But, um, but people call during dinner or they get these sort of scams or it just fills up a voicemail. And so I can understand their frustration. But but the three of us, we know a ton of people. They don't have to work in a call center just because of the infrastructure and, and systems. But a lot of people do make a living with customer support or making phone calls for prospecting. So it, it can be very lucrative and be a very good career for some. I swear, every time I talk to my father, he is he is pissed to the maximum that some telemarketer robot thing has called him before 9 a.m. Now, this this man sleeps till noon. I Sorry, Dad, if you actually figured out how to listen to our podcast. This man sleeps until noon. He's ridiculous. Retired man sleeps until noon. So if you call him before noon, angry. And it's never a person. He never gets to be like, excuse me, please stop calling. It's always a robot. <laughs> it's his most infuriating thing. <laughs> But, but Toria, we've also, in our experiences here, we've spoken to people that might have been shut-ins or isolated 
and people were affected during COVID. So I'm not saying I'm doing a cold call close. Like for an example, I have a movies and music campaign. It's inbound support. Okay. A lot of the people will call in and just want to speak with somebody and ask for yeah. the same agent because sometimes the best conversations you have is with a stranger or with a bartender because there's no judgment there and you can just get it out. I have called into some places. I don't remember what the last place I called in was. I actually, I think it was, I had a load of textiles that the company sent to Texas instead of New York. And uh, I had to call in and they were the nicest people. We had a chat for like a half hour and they were in the Philippines. And I talked to them forever while they were figuring out my issue. We were just chit chatting about random stuff. It was great. It was great. Did they resolve your issue, Tora? A hundred percent. My textiles arrived very nicely in New York. Hey, there you go. Well, that's <laughs> great. I have another question, if I may. Did you follow it up with a written or any sort of verbal compliment to the people that assisted you? Um, they had a survey afterwards, and I definitely told the survey that their agent was fantastic. Really? Yeah. And so those are the sort of positive experience. It might be one out of 99, but at least you had it. Well, it <laughs> gives me faith that not all uh, not all customer support people over the phone are the worst. Some, some are definitely the worst, but that one was fantastic. <laughs> Let me share something else as well. And thank you for sharing that. When people do come in here, I take their second language in a very delicate way because these are young men and women that invested their time to learn a second language and they're earning money off of that. So I'll not only work on their grammar, we'll discuss the thesaurus for their similes so they can expand their vocabulary, be more diplomatic and strategic. I will have them do a lot more active listening because when you're speaking a second language, the intensity of your concentration is is so much that you can only do it in certain little segments before you burn out. And I always believe that with this active listening and engagement, once again, like yourself and hopefully Mike one day, you guys have excellent experiences on the phone because, as I say, these, these young men and women could earn more than doctors and attorneys here if they have the skill set. It strikes me so that, sorry, it strikes me that call centers everywhere need somebody like you who's giving them that kind of training because it seems to me like the, the language barrier is probably where most of the issues lie. Like they don't quite get the colloquialisms of americans and wonderful yeah, point yeah I, I agree I, I agree with that point entirely and in fact a lot of times i can tell where what country the person is from when they're talking to me by how they pronounce my first name they have a certain way like filipinos when they're taught to be call center operators they'll say michael with like my kale because and if you think about it m-i-c-h-a-e-l to them, that's they're phonetically sounding out my name and making it sound that way. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. But I had a question for you. I notice a lot of yes. call centers are located offshore. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, as a call center located offshore, do you have to follow the privacy regulations of, say, the United States? So, like, we have a do not personally. call registry. If you called me, do we have? And I take myself off. Do you? Are you required? by law to follow that? Or do you just do it as a matter of moral positioning? That's an excellent question. My company's inscribed out of West Palm Beach, Florida. So my clients work with a company that follows all U.S. business and banking laws. Then I have a uh, company here in Costa Rica that once again pays the taxes and hires the people here legally. So 
not only just ethically, but I have to follow the DNC and in my contracts, the clients have to scrub it. But when people go offshore, they do it to sometimes sidestep that or work within a gray area or just have a place that's the fall guy where if something goes wrong, they close up shop and open up somewhere else with another name. And I'm going to circle back once again. If these people don't have anybody showing up, they don't have a company. So there's always, there'll always be somebody out there that's willing to sell their soul for that golden fiddle. And that concerns me. Because once again, if you, if you do not have those sort of ethics at a young age, then how are you going to be responsible to raise a family or maybe even have a company one day where you'd be responsible over contracts and payrolls? So th- this is not the sort of environment that produces future leaders. These are people that are just looking for a fast dollar and to work anonymously. My name is Richard Black. I guarantee every single person that called you is using an alias because they're not uh, capable of putting their name forward because either they're embarrassed by it or they're afraid legally that something's going to happen to them. I got right. You know, you made the point. You made the point earlier that um, if nobody showed up, like like say say one of these scam call centers, if nobody showed up, they wouldn't be in business. But people show up and. I've heard two reasons why they show up. And one one reason is they get some of them get paid a lot of money. But the bigger, more concerning reason is that a lot of these call centers that are scams are run by organized crime in that country. And essentially what they're doing is they're they're putting someone into that position and then they're basically telling them if you quit, uh, we're gonna come after your family. And so I, I kind of feel for those people because they get unknowingly into a situation uh, that maybe their own ethics would push them away from, but once they're in there, then they're forced to stay. So I, I, I do believe what you said is 100% true because I mean, that's the same with any business. I mean, we're actually, we live in Las Vegas and there's a really nice center called the Tivoli Plaza and it has a bunch of restaurants and nightclubs and stores and a, a bread company opened the beginning of June and all of their employees quit the beginning of July because their first paycheck bounced and the the owner has to close down until he can hire new staff because his entire staff quit because they didn't get their paychecks um, and so it, you know that just speaks to the idea of if you're going to do unethical business realize that your employees have the control and they can shut you down just by walking out so many points there. First is my grandma said, if you can't pay for it in cash, you can't do it. And so I love saving acorns for winter. So I can always weather a storm and make sure payroll's paid. Yeah. Secondly, I've had people that show up at my door and apply for a job and you read their resumes and they have all the bells and whistles, but your intuition kicks in. A, they're too much of a hot shot. So I don't think they're a team player. B, I could see them bringing in terrible habits to the call center and not being a long-term player. And so I don't like mercenaries. They will go with the highest uh, bidder and there's no loyalty to a flag. And so as much as it might be enticing to hire a native English speaker, there could be a history behind that individual and why they're coming to me in this sort of condition. And so, as I say, I'd rather have somebody that is bilingual that's never worked in a center that I can mold and once again, set them with certain balance and ethics compared to somebody coming in like a 
bull in a china shop just causing so much so much trouble on day one we hire people like that too <laughs> but i know right <laughs> this is this is the nightly rant so i have to ask and we only have a few minutes yeah. left so this has got to be the question what's your the big rant. what's your biggest frustration about what you do natural attrition amazon is in costa rica so i compete against the big boys i'll lose somebody because of a scheduling conflict closer to their home or boyfriend or girlfriend working there my main concern is that people don't come to me and give me a two weeks notice or say we had a great run and shake my hand. They'll just peace out on me. And the next thing you know, I'm scrambling to fill a seat and making a call to the client. But at the end of the day, my friend, here's the best part of being a CEO. It's a positive reinforcement. I've given them their dignity and I know their names. And as long as I can give them job stability walk the rows, know their names, break bread with them, and have a gamification culture where I can play pinball, I, I believe that my success is natural. It wasn't a forced fit. That's a great answer. That's, That's a great answer. I mean, I, we, we've, we've actually had similar, the ghosting experiences. We have a lot of remote employees. And so the, we've gotten ghosted but most of the time it's a particular country where they come from that it, that it happens and come to find out that it's kind of a cultural thing. When they're done, they're done, and they just leave. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of interesting to me. Um, but I'm with you. Like I would, I'd even take one week notice. At least I have time to, you know, put all my ducks in a row before uh, having a panic. But anyway, like she says, I we're kind of running out of time. At least tell us we're quitting. So, right. Yeah, but towards exactly. the best thing that happens is I call my client. I'll let Mike know that something happened. No surprises. Have the solution, and it only makes our relationship better. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So why don't you tell us, Richard, where tell the audience where they can find you because maybe they need some help with stuff like this um, and, or, and they're interested in anything you had to say. So maybe they want to reach out and get in touch with you. How can they reach you? Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. First thing, they can grab a plane ticket and fly down and come visit me. <laughs> yeah, come visit me. I'm in. <laughs> All right. We can have our second podcast down here. And um, you can call me at 888-271-6750. Send me an email, CEO at Costa Rica's call center.com. And I have a very large Facebook fan page where my 98,000 local Costa Rican Ticos can't wait to meet you when this goes live. And your audience, if they go there, can get a real pulse of the business process outsourcing in Central America. We're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, the only democratic society in Central America, no standing army. All the money got put back into education, 95% literacy rate, the most neutral of all Latin American accents, and we have the greatest ecotourism. So it's a great place to do business and to visit. And plus, I'm here, so you got a buddy down here. Well, that sounds great. Well, that's awesome. We appreciate you coming on the show. And it's it's been fantastic learning a little bit more about your, your industry and what you do and actually learning a little bit more about Costa Rica that I knew nothing about before. Thank you, Tori. Did, did we vent? Did we rant? Did we get it out? I think so. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad I feel you better that. now. <laughs> At least I'm the one telemarketer right, well, you like. It's true. You win. <laughs> there you go. My list is short, uh, short of the people I like, but there you go. You're over there. So <laughs> that's good. I really right, appreciate well, it. Guys. I had a great time today. tonight. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on the Yeah, night thanks for being here. Um, and with, thanks for being with here. that, I think it's time to say goodnight, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.